0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 462. We're back from the Mariner of the Seas Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise, eight-night sailing, and today we've got a live episode. Well, the episode was recorded live while on board the ship, talking all about the fun. Here we go. Our first group cruise of 2022 is in the books, and we have a wonderful sailing on Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas a eight-night Eastern Caribbean cruise. We're recording this episode live on Mariner of the Seas in the conference room here. And we have a nice audience, which you cannot see because this is a podcast. But I uh, appreciate all of you that are in the audience joining us here. Um, it's great to be doing another group cruise. This is our second group cruise since the pandemic. And uh, if you remember, if you were on the that particular cruise, Harmony of the Seas, over Thanksgiving, or if you listen to the episode about it, you know there's been a, some nice changes between uh, this and a lot has changed, I should say, between that cruise in November and here we are in July. And uh, we have another group cruise coming up later in December. And it's kind of interesting the progression of how things are. Certainly, I think we were, still, we're I think mask wearing was still required on that cruise, and um, there was still limited capacity on that cruise compared to where we are now. But um, you know, I, I think for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to treat this like I would have treated a podcast recording in 2019, in the sense that. You know, there's not a whole lot of differences there. And that's the important thing, so things are changing. And so, um, I guess, first and foremost, I love being back on Mariner. Um, you know, Mariner, I was, people always ask me what's my favorite ship, and I'll say, well, now it's Wonder of the Seas, and then Harmony, and then probably Freedom, maybe, or Odyssey, I don't know where those. anyway. But the, but the point is that I love Mariner. It really feels like, I, I hesitate, like home, I've been on Mariner so many times, because she's been doing a lot of the three and four night cruises in Port Canaveral, primarily. Um, so we did a lot of them in 2018, 2019, and then I did uh, the test cruise on Mariner last year, and we did a short cruise on her in the fall, and so it really feels very nice to be back on this ship. I, really, I think a lot of people who cruise a lot have a ship they tend to gravitate towards, whether it's one that's in their home market, or they just, for whatever reason, end up booking a lot of cruises on them. Um, this is one of these ships where it's like you know all the things, all little nooks and crannies, if you will, um, of the ship. So it's... Ship is great, you know, full capacity. A lot of people want to know what that's like. And I wanted to talk about something, not only that, but also the staffing issues that were, I think, more of an issue, I'm going to say uh, May-ish into June, there were a lot of concerns about staffing. I remember when I was going on Serenade of the Season early June, there were serious concerns about you know, waiting a long time for drinks at bars, or this venue not being open. I remember when we were on Serenade, the pub wasn't open. They they consolidated everything into uh, the Schooner Bar, so it's kind of weird having the pub singer in the Schooner Bar. But on this class, on this ship, it's been. I have not noticed any issues, and I waited for drinks. Um, the I talked to the hotel director, and he mentioned that they had 98 percent staffing on this ship, which was great. So, um, if you're wondering about those kinds of things, I mean, I can't. Obviously, like, oh, you. everyone's going to be fine, but it just seems like they've, they've moved past that, and certainly uh, some things I've seen online from other folks that it's, it's improved considerably. So that's, that's great news to see there. Um, and we did a, this is a, as I mentioned, eight-night cruise going to the Eastern Caribbean. What was really cool about this is we're going to Labadee and Coco Key, um, which is somewhat unusual. You usually get one or the other, not both, and that was a major selling point um, to be able to do that, and that really added, I think, a lot of value to it, in addition to San Juan, uh, St. Croix and St. Kitts. And i uh, we'll like to start off talking about some of those ports there because a lot of us had some, some good times and sweaty times, but good times in, in each of the ports. Uh, Labadee was fantastic. Beautiful weather. I mean, it was hot, but it wasn't as oppressively humid as I remember it being. So it was like manageable. But by about 10.30, you had to be in the water or you were just, you enjoyed sweating, I guess. I don't know. But it was. Um, but my, my tip for anyone who's going to Labadee, there are ways, I found some places that are pretty cool, like, as in temperature. I'm not sure if they're hip, but they're, they're temperature neutral. Um, we had a meetup at the Schooner Bar, it's the name of it, but it's the, we did a Labadoozzi meetup. Um, it's the bar, it's on Adrenaline Beach, uh, kind of near the main dining area of Adrenaline Beach, if, you're, if you know that area. Uh, kind of, you can see the floating bar from over there. And that place, there's something about maybe its location, and the fact there's a lot of uh, shade it was very comfortable, they have Adirondack chairs there, so if you're looking for a nice spot to kind of, I don't want to go to the beach, but I want to be outside, that's a great spot. And then uh, we did the um, the sip and paint with my kids, and we went up to, it's, hard, again, hard to explain, basically if you're walking into Labadee, before you make the turn to go right to the beaches, there's a path on your left, and this is a path anyone can go to, by the way, there's like a walking trail, which is great, and up there, I mean, it was, the wind was really going, so it was very, very comfortable. So there are ways to kind of beat the heat in Labadee if you're looking for that. But the water was great, um, had a nice time, except for my daughter. But everyone else had a nice time in there, and we, uh, it, it was you know, it was Labadee. Something else that was different, by the way, was the Barefoot Beach Cabanas are now open to all people to book. So check your cruise planner um, for that. Traditionally, when you book a cabana and you're not in a suite, you're relegated to Nelly's Beach for cabanas, which is totally fine. Um, but there's obviously limited capacity there. And on this cruise, the Barefoot Beach Cabana showed up online on the cruise planner. And I got on board, and I went to the short-sturgeon desk. I said, I booked this cabana. I'm not in a suite. Am I going to get kicked out or canceled or whatever? And they're like, no, we changed the policy. So something to keep an eye on. And the nice thing about the Barefoot Beach Cabanas is you still get access to the suite uh, amenity of there being a lunch in Barefoot Beach. If you were at Nelly's Beach, you'd have to walk to the nearest uh, lunch location on your own. So it's, that's a little bit nicer. The beach itself was, as the name implies, quite comfortable. I remember Nellie's beach was more like a minefield. Like, not, I don't want to make it seem that bad, but it was. There's a lot more tender walking around to try to avoid the rocks and whatnot. And I just I don't think I had to really shuffle my feet all that much at, at Barefoot Beach. So that was a win. Uh, San Juan, beautiful and extremely hot. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing how much. You can go from ah, oh, it's nice being outside to boy, am I sweaty right now, um, but it's it's really nice. We were there uh, late, so we didn't get in until three, three. Four, th- yeah, three o'clock, and some of us may have been napping. So let's call it four o'clock. Um, and the nice thing is, you get that setting sun, so you're not you're past peak temperatures in the afternoon, which is a benefit. But um, a lot of places do close in there around like it's a nine to five operation, so. There was uh, an art store we wanted to go to. We'd been before, that was closed. But we were able to get a lot this was a lot easier to get dining. I don't know. Last time we were in San Juan um, in, on Wonder of the Seas, I remember trying to like mightily trying to find a restaurant that was taking anybody. Air conditioning would have been, you know, that's a, a first world problem to find. but ended up uh, we were able to, to get in and you know, it's fun, and then when the sun goes down, it's really nice. It's a very, very pretty city to look at. Um, and then it was very comfortable. But San Juan is like people asking, you know, "What do you do in San Juan?" Just walk around and explore, and that's a nice thing to do there. Uh, St. Kitts was fantastic. We did a catamaran excursion. This is through rural Caribbean, and it was a catamaran that includes snorkeling and uh, the beach. So it was a nice combination of the both, and it was a long catamaran ride. I remember we did the catamaran in St. Thomas on uh, Harmony. And that was a much shorter ride from, like, we got on the first way to take a bus. There was no bus in this, which was a huge win, especially when we came back. And I said, oh, I don't take a bus. That's great. Uh, but we took the catamaran ride over. Um, and then we went to a snorkeling spot uh, next to a beach that I can't say on the air. Uh, but it's a real place. Um, and uh, it, they took us down. And, it was, and I went in the water. Uh, I Listen, my fear, of, my fear of fish is greatly exceeded by my fear of one of my kids drowning. So I felt that I would at least be in there, and uh, it was just funny because they—my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter—I'm not so worried about. Youngest one, make sure she's okay. And I thought I'd have to be, you know, keeping up with her, holding her up, giving her like a break. You know, kids get on you as like a safety raft to catch their breath. Now, she could have—she, she was the one who was checking on me when we were going in there. But the water was great. You know, we saw some some. Uh, there were, the good thing was, the fish were socially distancing. So they were not anywhere near us. They were all on the bottom. We were on the top. It was very nice. I, uh, I did not see any fish that were larger than probably my arm. None had teeth that I could see. Uh, so this was a, a Matt Hochberger prude snorkeling excursion. Very, very nice. So I enjoyed that. But it was, you know what, this is uh, the common theme here. The, I think part of what made it was fun was the fact it was a group excursion. And so we have this just for everybody in our group and by the way big shout out to our friends at MEI Travel for helping us with that cuz that was fantastic and this goes back to something else if you're planning cruises and you're traveling with family, friends, what have you there is a huge difference between doing an excursion on your own and doing an excursion with a lot of people that you know and it really makes a big big difference there. So my recommendation is if you are traveling with a group, you know, having dinner together is always a good recommendation. But do an excursion together, you know, get, whether it's a private tour um, or even just you're dominating a large, large part of the group tour, I feel like that's just a huge way to make it so much more enjoyable. You know, just really, it adds to the je ne sais quoi of what makes it really fun and that, it, the, the memories together, right? And uh, then we went to a beach that was at Nevis and it was very nice. The water was fantastic. I mean, it's nice to summer cruising, by the way. People say, well, should I take a cruise during summer hurricane season? One huge benefit of going on a cruise in summertime, there's none of this, oh, the water's a little too cold. I'm going to adjust to it. You go straight in. It's, I mean, it's not bathtub. It's not like hot, like, ugh. It's still refreshing, but it's, it, you don't have to worry about it nearly as much as I remember going in like, you know, Cozumel in the wintertime. You do the, I'm going to go up to my knees first, and then you do the, you know, you're, you do the waddle in, and it's like, oh, just jump in. No, no, everybody says that, but nobody does it. You know, it's like, anyway, very, very comfortable being in the water in the summertime. Uh, St. Croix was what? I, well, we didn't have any plans, and we had very weird hours. We were from seven a.m. until I think all aboard was what twelve thirty. Yeah, and twelve thirty was number one in the Caribbean. Anything before nine a.m. is a waste of time because nothing's open. So unless you're like sightseeing on your own with, I don't know, something that doesn't require other people being there, it's just unfortunately wasted time. So we're really talking about nine a.m. Right? That's when things open. And so that's not enough time to really do much. Um, it didn't make, we didn't think it made a lot of sense to go do an excursion or pay for all-inclusive or something like that. It's just The ROI just didn't seem to be there. That being said, I wish I had put my bathing suit on because I didn't realize there was a beach actually right by the port area. Um, and that would have been nice to have just... We, we walked around town, and then I wish I could have jumped in the water at that point. But the um, St. Croix was nicer than I remember. I don't know what I remember. I was last there in 2013, and St. Croix was... Um, you know, they had just enough going on there, certainly for a couple of hours. I wish we, if we'd been there like two more hours, I think it would have been sufficient to have, I think, a, you could have made a day of it. Let's put it that way. Um, but I think a lot of people were just simply walking off the ship to walk off the ship, get a little break, um, and do that. And it was kind of nice just to have something to, to do, quite frankly. But there are options there. It's not the most, you know, there, it's not Cozumel where you have, a, I can rattle off a dozen things you could possibly do. But it's a nice place to visit um, and it was nicer than I remember it being and it was just it was pretty I, like there was a nice little park when you walk off the pier on your right, there were benches and it was right by the water and you had that ocean breeze coming on there. And when we first got there, we just sat down and um, there were chickens running around and it was just it was just relaxing. I wish I brought my laptop there I could just work from there because it was really really nice. Um, my kids weren't there so that' maybe made it a little bit more relaxing but I digress. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's the uh, ports, and then of course, uh, to, sorry to break the fourth wall here. We're recording this before we went to Coco Key, but I have no doubt that we'll have a great time at Coco Key. There's no, no worries about that. Um, in terms of the ship itself, uh, you know, I don't remember the. I think the last time I was on a cruise this long on Mariner was my honeymoon back in 2008. So it's been a while since we've done. Usually it's like three and four nighters on here, so you forget about you know how many shows are on board. Um, and it's just, there's enough, Voyager class ships are great for, it's a big ship, there's things to do, but it's not, it's not the, obviously it's not like the Oasis class, but there's an overwhelming amount of things to do. Also not a kind of ship where you're going to be, I don't know, bored of like, there's nothing to do on board. In fact, I found a lot of activities. I thought they'd been doing way more, you know, trivia and different things um, throughout the cruise than, than I remember seeing, certainly when we were in Serenade in Alaska, I felt like there were a lot less things going on there. So it was a... Uh, it was nice to, to have that, and I think that's the nice thing about... I mean, we only have two sea days, so that maybe helps as well as that there's less dependency on what can I do on board the ship. But you've got the water slides for the kids, and you know, there's the the chips thing in the back for the kids to can climb on. I can't describe that any better than that. Uh, pool deck is busy, as always. Um, and they have some nice lounges on here and great entertainers. i got to say, you know, we're... Usually the kind of people that end up in the pub every night. And the pub singer on here, Darla Fox, is amazing. Um, she, We were talking before recording. I mean, she's probably one of the top couple of uh, upper echelon, certainly, of, of, of uh, pub singers that we've ever heard. Uh, and then yesterday, I was in the uh, Boleros, just drinking a drink. And there's a band in there that started playing. And Boleros is usually the, the Latin theme music, right? But this was a different band that was playing... Classic rock, and I kind of wish I had another half an hour to sit there and enjoy because it, it was underrated. So, my advice, you know, when you're going on, especially on a sea day, is don't rely purely on events that are in your wheelhouse. Try to like branch out a little bit, look for different entertainers. Even if you're there for two minutes and you're like, well, this isn't for me, all right, move on to somewhere else and, you know, give that a try. So, um, it's a great ship. I really enjoyed it quite a bit, and my, uh, um, I, I now I'm kind of like thinking, like every ship I go on, I'm like, well, I want to get back on this ship again. And it'd be great to be able to, to work that in. Um, it's Mariner, Mariner and Navigator are especially great because I think Royal Caribbean put a lot of good investments on this ship with their amplification. Not to say anything if you're on Adventure or you're on Voyager or Explorer that those are bad ships, just that they stand out just a little bit more because of some of the enhancements they have on here, whether it's dining, whether it's activities, who knows what. Um, it's just, it's a really nice ship to be on. And so I, I really enjoyed our time. And then of course, you know, we had the friends on board and this is what makes the group cruise so much fun is that you, know, you get to meet people and hang out with them. And it, that's what we could be. I, I could, I could close my eyes and pick something out of the cruise compass to do. And I'm sure we would make it interesting. Cause again, you see these people on here and it's, it's, we, there's a sense of camaraderie that I think really comes, comes across there. So very, very good stuff. And again, I want to say thank you also to our friends once more at MEI Travel. You guys did an awesome job at uh, making it all work there, putting it all together. It's not easy to, uh, to do almost anything with the Royal Caribbean, but the <laughs> but the uh, but making all the logistics work was fantastic. And if all of this sounds exciting and interesting to you, and you're thinking to yourself, self, I would love to be just like these people and meet. All these new friends. Well, we have another group cruise coming up in 2022 on Wonder of the Seas on December 18th. Six-night cruise. You're back before Christmas, or you can celebrate Christmas in, or, in Orlando, which is not a bad place to spend it either. Uh, but it's a Western Caribbean cruise with Coco Key. It's Wonder of the Seas, brand new ship, and we'll be doing that. More information at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. So check that out. And uh, thank you all so much. All right, time to answer some listener emails. This is part of the episode where I answer emails that you've sent me. If you want to send me your emails, you can always do so by sending to Matt at Royal And we have our newest intern, Lorelai, who is uh, going to be reading the emails, recording this still on Mariner of the Seas. Lorelai, who's our first email from?
1: Um, First email is from Kim. She says, Hi, Matt. My husband and I are going on a cruise in September on Mariner of the Seas with our adult children. We have three rooms reserved, and our reservations are linked in the app. Will I be able to check us all in on the app or will they have to check themselves in? I have pictures of them and their passports. I would like for all of us to have an early arrival time since we'll be driving to the port together, thanks.
0: Kim, thanks for the email. So the answer is if they're linked together, I know that for, as an example for my family on this cruise, we have two rooms and I can see both reservations in there. When I go into the app, I'll see, uh, they're separated by rooms but I can check in everybody for that one. Um, That being said, Uh, I have friends on board that we have linked reservations for, and I do not see their reservations in there. So I'm not sure why, well, I mean, I have an idea why that it's on the same booking. Um, The answer to your question, if nothing else, you could, of course, I'll say you log into their account, they need their passwords on there, because I, I guess I have to give you an I don't know, because again, I can see the other room, but that's on the same reservation. I mean, different reservation numbers, I think, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it's possible Uh, I'll put the caveat that linking the reservations is what you should be doing but um, within the app itself I only, you can yeah, I'll say I don't know but um, (laughs) give it a try the good news is you'll be able to tell really quick even before check-in opens in 45 days because you'll either see it in there or you won't um, for that information if it's not there are a couple of ways. Number one, if you're doing it 45 days ahead of time, which is when check-in opens up, it's really not a big deal if you do it at 9 a.m. that day or 1 o'clock or, you know, your your friends don't do it until later that day. It's not a big deal. The issue is if they wait two weeks to do it, that can be an issue there. And certainly if you're comfortable sharing logins and passwords, you could log into with, with their account and, and get that information there as well. So that's another option for you. So maybe not the best answer, but hopefully it'll put you in the right direction.
1: Okay, next one's from Shaw from Salt Lake City. He says, hey Matt, my wife and I booked the excursion St. John on our own through Royal Caribbean. What are some must-see beaches you recommend as well as any place to eat or shop? Thanks Matt and the Royal Caribbean blog crew.
0: That's you, Angie. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. So, um, St. John is a, unlike St. Thomas, it's very unpopulated. It's a giant national park. Trunk Bay is where everybody goes. Um, And let me tell you something, the worst beach in St. John is still amazing. I think St. John's the most beautiful beach I've been to um, in terms of water clarity, water color, with the way the beach looks. I mean, it's just, it is the picturesque Caribbean beach in my opinion. Um, So Trunk Bay is great. Cinnamon Bay Beach is another good option, but I remember we went on Harmony uh, Thanksgiving cruise last year and I think they took us to Honeymoon Beach. I think, and that was nothing, it was still a great beach. So anyway, you're not gonna go wrong with that. In terms of food or drink, it's very limited. Like I mentioned, um, where the ferry drops you off, there's a little bit of a town in there and there are some options. I remember we went to Cinnamon Bay Beach and there was just a food truck, which was a blessing because they actually had food and drink that we could get to, but you had to go back, like it wasn't like service on the beach kind of a thing. So my advice is, well, my advice is to eat and drink in St. Thomas and bring your own stuff over to St. John. There's gonna be stuff, you know, maybe where your where you're ferry docks, I remember there's bars and restaurants there, but it's very limited. It is not like St. Thomas where there's an overwhelming amount of things to do there. So I would I would assume when you go to the beach, you're on your own for food and drink, pack accordingly. And then if you are looking to do something, I would do something either before or after the beach stay when it, around the ferry area.
1: Um, next question is from Patricia. She says, hi, Matt. I know you're probably so sick of these questions, but with NCL lifting testing requirements, last week is there any news if Royal Caribbean is planning on following suit? I've got a trip coming up in August out of Europe, and I know that it will also depend on the port, but not having to find a testing place in London, as we are traveling the week before the cruise there would make life a lot easier. First cruise since 2019, and I'm so ready to get back on a ship. Thanks for the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Tricia.
0: Tricia, thanks for the email. So. This answer, boy, this email came in what, July 11th. So, you know, quite a bit has changed from July 11th until here we are uh, about a week or you know, almost two weeks later. Um, the answer to the question is, I think pre-cruise testing will, is, is on its way out. How soon? Don't know. Um, as you're probably aware, Trisha, before this email was written, or since this email has been written, the CDC uh, dropped the cruise ship program, which basically means up until last week, Um, the cruise lines were all entered into the voluntary CDC, uh, COVID-19 program, which meant that testing was still a requirement for in the United States. Now all those protocols like testing and everything else is, uh, is a recommendation, but not a requirement. There's nothing binding about it. Um, so essentially the door is open now for the cruise lines to drop it. And and as of the recording of this episode, a couple of lines have, uh, Virgin Voyages is probably the most notable one that's dropped it. Um, and, uh. Norwegian dropped it in, as Tricia alluded in the email, but that was really just, it it sounded like a bigger deal than it was because that was in um, Europe primarily that it affected it. I think the, I'm going to piggyback on something that Michael Bailey talked about during the president's cruise, which was uh, about a month ago now. And um, the, it's, I feel like it's, I hesitate to use the word inevitability, but I think it will happen that pre-cruise testing will go away. It's certainly a pain point for a lot of folks. And um, I think that it's going to, how soon? You know, it's interesting. I remember when the, when the airline, when the um, uh, TSA, FAA, whoever dropped the, the, the international testing requirement to come back in the US, the airlines dropped it like within like, some airlines were like 10 minutes, like Delta tweeted out, no more, right? Um, the cruise lines are a little more hesitant to move quite that fast. And we're here some five or six days since that announcement from the CDC. And nothing is again. Virgin probably being the exception here. So, it could be a week. It could be a month. I'm not sure. Michael Bailey mentioned that you know he thought it was going to be a couple of months anyway. And couple being, you know, not not necessarily two. More like you tell your kids a couple more minutes. And uh, whether that means 10 or an hour, who knows? So I, I think it will be coming to an end. And I think that's an, inevit- an inevitability there. As for the vaccine requirement, that wasn't Trisha's email, but we'll answer it anyway because I'm sure that she was thinking the same thing. You know, that's a harder one because that's even less so dependent on the U.S. Um, Michael Bailey mentioned that the requirements um, don't forget that where the cruise ships go, like the Bahamas or uh, you know uh, Saint Kitts, right? They have their own requirements for the cruise ship, so even if it's okay in the U.S., doesn't mean it's okay to to for them to be able to um, to. For it to be still required elsewhere. A good example of this is uh, marijuana, right? Marijuana is legalized in a lot of states here in the US, but you still can't bring it on a cruise ship because a lot of the places you're visiting, it's still illegal. And so that's a, I think it's a fair analogy for that same kind of policy that you can expect that. So I don't see the, the vaccine requirement going away nearly anytime soon, but I think the testing one is almost certainly, probably likely to be going away sooner than later.
1: Okay, next one's from Brenda. She says, Matt, first, thanks for what you do on your blog and YouTube channel. Just returning from Alaska and Ovation of the Seas, Wonder of the Seas in April, both great trips. I'm wondering if you know where I can purchase a few $1 casino chips that I'm missing from my collection of past cruises. I'm in need of three Radiance of the Seas and one from Mariner of the Seas. eBay has been helpful for quite a while. Any ideas? Thanks for your help.
0: Sure. Uh, What was her name? Brenda. Brenda. Um... Brenda, the uh, I mean, the short answer is eBay is the way to go. Number one, number two, well, you could book yourself a cruise. And then it's an investment in what you're trying to get. But if that's not an option for you, you know, one other thing is maybe go to like a um, excuse me, a Facebook group or um, a message board and ask somebody nicely. Could somebody please bring me back a chip? I mean, you know, you're talking about a dollar chip, so there's not much investment there. But you know, the the cost them obviously a dollar to get the chip and then mailing it. There's the logistics of of that, so there's a little bit. But anyway, my point is that it's either eBay, you sail on the ship, or you ask somebody else to give it to you. Um, there's no other ways around that. But if you're looking to find people who might be able to do it for you, again, a Facebook group for the ship that you're going on. Uh, the We have message boards at realgreenblog.com. Just, you know, be sensible about your expectations with other people because they're doing this out of the kindness of their hearts and, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Okay, next one's from Joseph. He says, Hi, Matt. I just fish it, finished listening to podcast episode number 461, top three things to do in each port Matt is going next week, and enjoyed it very much. My wife and I have done some of your suggestions, but I took notes for future cruises. I was wondering if you could do this for other ports on cruises you have coming up. Thanks for all your content you you and your staff provide.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, I, think I, I appreciate the feedback there, certainly. So last week's episode, or two weeks' episodes ago, Uh, We talked about the the different things you could do, top three things in each of the ports, and I think that's a great idea. So we will definitely do that. I'm always up for easy uh, topics, ideas, and those is definitely one of them. So yes, consider it done. We have time for one more question, Lorelai.
1: Okay, this one is from Jill. She says, Hi Matt, my family and I have booked our first cruise this year on the Liberty of the Seas. We have a group of eight with the kids, teens, and adults. I have a few questions. Number one, what excursions do you recommend in Nassau for families? We are debating between Margaritaville, Blue Lagoon, or Atlantis.
0: All right, let's stop right there and we'll go one by one here. Okay. Um, Atlantis, I'm not sure if they're, I can't remember what their policy was, because Atlantis, before the pandemic, you could book a thing there, and I seem to recall, I don't remember if they're doing it or not. So Atlantis, though, is always very, very expensive. If money is no object, I might lean there. Um, I'm actually going to tell you, Blue Lagoon is not bad. If you want an animal encounter, Blue Lagoon, like you want to swim with a dolphin or pet a shark or stingray, um, you could you could do that. Um, if you're not, if you're saying I really want to have like water park kind of thing, which I think a lot of people go to Atlantis for, I would give you another option. Um, that's the Baja Mar now sells day passes, which you can get. Um, I. Resort for a Day sells them, full disclosure, I have an affiliate link with them, not that this helps in the podcast, but I have a business arrangement with them. Anyway, resortforaday.com is great for, you can get a day pass to the Baja Mar. Margaritaville also has one. Um, the Margaritaville one, uh, one of our writers, Marcy, went there, she said it was very nice. Typical, you know, the, the food is expensive, which is always the case. You're always you're gonna pay $20 for a hamburger in these places, right? Um, which is fine, you're on vacation, so just keep in mind that. But I would probably say, if you want an Animal Encounter, Blue Lagoon, Otherwise, I'd do either Baja Mar or Margaritaville. Just kind of whatever one looks. I I I'd probably try Baja Mar first personally. I've not been to either one, but that's just me.
1: Um, next question says, which dining time do you recommend for families in the main dining room?
0: Early for sure. I know it's kind of weird. 5:30 p.m. dinner for a lot of people is like 5:30 is too late. 8 o'clock or 5:30 is too early. 8 o'clock is too late. 5:30 is the way to go. Um, I, it's just it's tough to keep your kids up. Um, where you're rolling out of dinner at 10 o'clock, basically, if you're lucky, maybe a little later than that. It's just, it's a long time for anybody. Um, so I think 5.30 is the way to go. If that doesn't work for you, I have another option, which we used to do when my kids were younger. Um, we would go to, we would, we as the parents would do late dinner, eight o'clock. And we would take the kids to the Windjammer and have uh, dinner up there for them. So we wouldn't eat, or I would snack a little lightly. But uh, they would eat, feed them, because the Windjammer opens much earlier. And then we would drop them off at Adventure Ocean, and then we would go eat by ourselves, either at Specialty or at the main dining room. So that's another good alternative uh, for that. But again, if you want to eat together, then I would probably say uh, 5.30 for sure.
1: And final question on Coco K, do you recommend Chill Beach or Breezy Bay? We are looking at renting a beach bed. Thanks for all you do. Your podcasts and videos have been extremely helpful.
0: Ooh, that's tough. I I really like Harbor Beach, is Harbor Beach?
1: Chill Beach or Breezy Bay?
0: Oh, Chill Beach or Breezy Bay. Boy, flip a coin. Um, Chill Island's really good. Breezy Bay is not bad. I don't love the view of Breezy Bay. Not that it really matters. It's still nice. Don't get me wrong. It's just the Breezy Bay. If you've been to Coco Key before, is that beach where you've got the Coco Beach Club to your right, and you've got Chill Island to your left, and you're facing well the ocean. Right? It's, you're not. The ships are behind you. Um, Chill Island is really nice. It's the classic Coco Key. Thing and I really like that quite a bit. I thought they were, did they say how old their kids were? No, it
1: just says kids, teens, and adults.
0: Okay. I would give one more option, which is Harbor Beach, which I really like a lot. Um, Harbor Beach is the beach where, basically, if you're at Breezy Bay, you turn around 180 degrees, and you're facing the cruise ships, and there's that little um, semi-circle bay uh, that has a beach there. And I overlooked it for a long, long time. I was like, I don't know why I didn't want to go there. But there's no waves at all. It's a protected inlet. So, if you got younger children who are uh, who can't swim or are not very good swimmers, it's a great spot. But it's really good because um, there's it, it's a it's a calmer beach. It's quiet. Um, I it seems to be a, a nice winter for families as well, and it's convenient. And the view is really nice because you have the cruise ships in the background, and you have it, the water is really nice. Um, but if you're looking a uh, chill island, I would say is if you're going for. Uh, it's the most natural beach there is, and I think it's a better fit than Breezy Breezy bay. Breezy Bay. Um, but I would give Harbor Beach another idea, and you'll see them all. And it's really they're all within like, you know, however many steps of each other, so you can really easily look each one. But I would probably say Chill Island and consider Harbor Beach as another option. Good. Well, Lorelai, thanks for helping us out today. Appreciate it, and thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. If I can answer your emails you know, is emailing matt at royalcoreanblog.com, matt at royalcoreanblog.com. So until next time, we'll talk again real soon here on the podcast. Bye, everybody.